When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back-to-back, home-and-home set with the Red Wings. Um, After winning 10 games in a row, the Bruins have now lost two of three. Um, Last game in Boston, they came back from down 2-0 to beat the Red Wings. Tonight, they go down 4-0, or this afternoon, they go down 4-0. Climb back to 4-3, but too little too late. Again, like I said, they won 10 games in a row, but the last three games haven't been very clean for the Bruins. No, they haven't. There's been... Just too many periods, too many stretches of games off. Um, you know, against Edmonton, second and third periods, they really let their foot off the gas. Third period especially, give up two goals to lose. Saturday against the Wings, really poor first period. They get down to nothing, and credit to them for coming back. That The second period was dominant. Um, and then they kind of survive, you know, a little bit of a push from the Red Wings on the third and then get the winner. Uh, Sunday again, just not good enough until, until they were down four nothing. And then they start to push and they look dominant and they're getting chances left and right. And they almost pull it off. And, you know, had they pulled it off, like you, you would just kind of have to laugh, but it's, it's why have they gone in these holes in the first place? And really the biggest problem to me, especially these last two days has been special teams. Their power play has they now they did score one power play goal on Saturday, but otherwise it's been terrible. They've given up two shorthanded goals. The yeah, last two games. negative one on the power play. <laughs> yeah. And, and their penalty kill is Detroit torched them, um, scored a power play goal on Saturday and then two more on Sunday. And, you know, Saturday it's like, you could almost write it off as well. Derek Forbert was the one who got rotated out. We know he's a big part of the PK. They didn't have him all right, well, he was out there for both of the Red Wings power play goals on Sunday. So it wasn't just that they were missing Derek Forbert. It was kind of more structural. They kept leaving Dylan Larkin open in the bumper for some reason, and he kept making them pay. So, um, yeah, that like it starts there for me. But um, in general, yeah, just too, too slow of a start. And like Brian said, they had just won 10 in a row. You know, no one's panicking, but um, yeah, they're going to have to be better than they were for sure. Yeah, yeah. special teams was just garbage uh, over the last two games. And what, they had given up one shorthanded goal the whole first part of the season and then two in two days. So I, it was just two stupid turnovers too. Krejci the first night, Pasta – just I don't even know what he was doing, but Cider just poked it right off his stick and, and goes in on a breakaway and, you know, just makes Swayman have to deal with it, I guess. But um, that kind of stuff should not happen. And I know, Scott, this is something that we've talked about before on the podcast and that you've also talked about on Sunday Skate a few times, which is that you still like the Bruins' um, special teams in the playoffs over anyone because their penalty kill is so strong and, and whatnot. But are you starting to worry a little bit about that take um, with the special teams battle, say against um, a Toronto team or, or, you know, whomever they might come across, maybe Carolina. 
Um, not really worrying because I think they have time to get it back on track. But you know, you definitely saw a couple things they have to clean up. You know, on the penalty kill, again, it, it Detroit's runs through Larkin in that bumper, and like that should have been on the pre-scout. He leads the Red Wings in power play goals. He leads the Wings in power play points. So it's not like there was any surprise that they want to keep feeding it to Dylan Larkin. Um, and yet he kept getting more than enough room to take a shot. A couple of times he was even, you know, would come in and he would have to shift to his forehand to get the shot off. And he still had time to do it. Um, what about the pre-scout on chase on? Yeah, I know. They pre-scouted him. Yeah. All of a sudden out of, you know, he's out on the streets and fortunate just to get an AHL deal. And now all of a sudden he's a net front force in the power play. But, but again, even the two that he got were off of Larkin shot or one was off of a pass into Larkin that he kind of then kicked back out. And one was off of a Larkin shot that led to a rebound and the Bruins own power play, the Pasternak turnover in particular, it like has to be incredibly annoying and frustrating because the first game on Saturday, like I could see if, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I've done a ton of video on Detroit's PK. I could see if like maybe the first time with Krejci, the pressure right at the blue line on the entry somehow caught them off guard. I don't know. Maybe Detroit doesn't always do that. By Sunday, you knew that Detroit was pressuring your entries because they've done it all weekend. And yet Pasternak just is standing still just inside the blue line. And it's like, no, like you don't have that time. I, I, that was baffling. Like why he thought he was going to have time to just stand there. Yeah. Um, so for the Red Wings, like they're obviously very motivated going into this this weekend slate of games because Dylan Larkin even said it in the Tyler Bertuzzi tribute video. He's like, you know, he's going to a team who's stacking up for for war, and you know, they, they got a good player in him. Like Detroit, they were sellers at the deadline. Um, one of their best players goes to Boston. They know what Boston's up up to do this year. And they were very, very motivated. Boston, on the other hand, um, they're just kind of fighting it a little bit. And I, and I know I know the win streak. They've won 11 of their last 13 overall. I get all that. But, Scott, you mentioned just, re, I think, in the last episode of the one before about just make, maintaining good habits and stuff like that. And I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy for them to to play like it's round one game one right it's 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 the second of a back-to-back you're playing against a team that has nothing to play for besides pride um and you have you become the fastest team to 50 wins you've clinched the playoff spot and you're just kind of managing down the stretch here but you can't let those bad habits creep in and you guys talked about shorthanded goals against bad habits turnovers bad habits um just not getting the skating game going until you feel like you have to get a couple of goals to get back into the game bad habits I feel if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, those bad habits would go out the window because this team knows how to turn it on and turn it off. And there's too much leadership to to have that mentality. Um, but we talked about Pasternak last episode too, and just how careless he is with the puck. But on the other, on the flip side, how vital he is to you. And you saw that microcosm today. You, you talked about the the turnover on the power play leading to Cider's goal. Does Orlov give him the puck? A ton of time to figure out what he wants to do next no it was kind of a quick play across the blue line but still you got to move your feet and um but then again when they go down four nothing on a goal that swayman should never let even really kind of be a thing uh mcavoy i'm sorry uh passionate gives it to grizzly for the 4-1 goal um and obviously he scores a goal of his own later in the game so 
he does everything for you guys. I feel like I'm like breathing dust right now. And I, I all of a sudden, like, I just like can't even talk. <laughs> I think there's like dust all over this mic, but I have no idea why my voice is like just getting, it's like I'm like fighting it right now. But yeah, yeah. you got allergies. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm recording a part of my apartment I never do, but I, I don't know. I just have a different setup right now because I have to leave soon. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I need some Gatorade or something. Too much but, sunlight. Yeah. It's, Brian, it's, Brian came out of his cave and now he doesn't know what to do. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, anyway, um, but yeah, so I guess just, you know, making sure that they keep good habits. Now, I, I would say right now the Bruins, they're, they're not playing 60-minute efforts with good habits right now. Yeah, and, you know, we've talked about how, like, they're going to have to try to guard against us as much as they can. It's tough because it's like I can't sit here and honestly tell you that I'm concerned about anything with 17 games left. If this was still happening with four or five games left, you know, the last week or two of the season, I'd be like, okay, guys, hey, like it's it's time to figure it out and, you know, start playing well ahead of the playoffs. But they weren't going to go, you know, like taking that 10 game win streak. They weren't going to go like the last 28 games without a slip up somewhere. And this this might be it. Like it might be a couple games here and then they finish strong. There might be a couple more. I I can't really get too worked up over it because there is still plenty of time to right the ship ahead of the playoffs. And they've obviously proven that they can get back on track pretty quickly, right? Like around the all-star break, they lose four out of five and we're like, how are they going to respond? They respond with a 10 game winning streak. And not that everything was perfect during that streak, but a lot of things were, they were playing pretty damn well. Um, so I still think there's plenty of time that I trust them to get it back on track, but um, yeah, you don't want it to drag on. And like, you are going to start getting into load management games at some point. We saw Hambus Lindholm sit on Sunday. First time he's uh, missed a game all season. Montgomery said, you know, he did take a shot off the foot. So there was a minor. I think maybe he tested positive for steroids. Also that, yeah, you might, <laughs> might have, Jim Montgomery joked after Saturday's game that uh, he looks like someone injected him with steroids. So yeah, maybe maybe it was that, um, or maybe he needs steroids for the foot. I don't know, but it, it seems very minor. Montgomery said he'll play Tuesday in Chicago, so nothing serious there. But you are also entering that part of the season where you're going to be resting guys, which means you know fewer games to really get things on track or get things straightened out because those load management games are, you know, they're going to feel like they're a little off. Like if they lose when Bergeron's out of the lineup, you're going to be like, Oh, well, whatever Bergeron didn't play. So when you have mostly your full lineup, like you want to, you want those to be strong games and really the last three haven't been stretches of them have been, but not enough. Yeah. And I, but like you already mentioned some of the, you know, the pop, like silver lining. I think there's quite a few other things you can talk about in that kind of a, a sense. First of all, first five minutes of the game, Carlo looks like he might be done and he's not, he's fine. He comes back. He had that awkward head first kind of slide into the boards and you immediately worry, um, is he going to be injured on this and then then you're kind of going okay well there goes the d rotation like nobody's going to be able to rest as much as maybe they would have liked because if one guy goes down the rest isn't just isn't going to be like able to rotate um 
in order to give people more time off, but he ends up being fine. Um, other silver lining, they get down by four, they almost come back and they almost, you know, send it to overtime and that would have been crazy. And it would have been another, when you look back on, or, or at least tie points, you look back on and go, okay, wow. Remember when they did that? I think they can do that in the playoffs. Um, and it was that close. It really was. Cause even the fourth line had another great game. They were knocking on the door halfway, almost scored again. I thought Greer had another good game. Um, so you have those two things. And then if you consider that none of the lines are really slumping, like you can't point to any of the lines and go, I don't know. It's just not clicking. Like the, the changes that they're making are they're They're not affecting how like the production, the production's still there. And they're not, it's not like they're making the changes because they need to spark production. It's just, it's, it's working. You just can't get yourself in a four goal hole. Yeah, and I think they're also just tinkering with the lines just to do so, Get try to see who works with who in case they ever have to use them. Like, for example, there's no doubt in my mind that that Krejci, Pashtunak, and Zaka are the best combination for those three individuals right now. Like, you can say Pashtunak can play with Bergeron and Marshan because of his history with them, but those three together have been magic for a lot of this year, and they put Bertuzzi with, with Krejci and Pashtunak to kind of just see what that looks like. And they put Zaka down with Coyle and Frederick. And then later in the game, they put Bertuzzi with Marchand and Bergeron instead of DeBrusque. So they're just kind of trying to see what works. I personally thought that the offense started to look a lot better when they put that check line back together. Um, I think, and maybe I'm missing something from a, a few games ago, but I kind of feel like Coyle and Frederick offensively have not been in the greatest of uh, stretches lately. Um, I'm not. That's not to say they're playing poorly. Um, but you know, you lose Felino and you lose Hall, two guys that have kind of been playing with those two guys all year in different stretches. They, they're trying to, they're, they're trying to figure themselves out a little bit too. Coyle wasn't shooting the puck a lot against the, uh, the Oilers. I think it was, um, but you know, it's a part of the season where it's just like, stay healthy and, you know, keep moving. What, I mean, what's very apparent to me is like, no matter who they play, when they play them, the Bruins could do whatever they want when they want to do it. Like, you talk about the third period, Bridget, and almost coming back. It's like, yeah, they came back because they started to give a shit. Like, they started to move their feet, and they started to take the play to them. It's not that they didn't care in the first couple of periods. It's just, what are they playing for right now, right? And it's a second of a back-to-back. And, and, and when they want to do, when they want to impose their will and their, and, and their style of play, they can do it. It's just tough to do that for, you know, three periods, 82 times a year. It's, it just is. 